The window is getting smaller for the Flames' playoff hopes. Dylan and Chris from the Armchair GM Podcast, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Hey, Dylan, did you know that if you are a bottom-feeding team, you will likely beat the Calgary Flames? Well, there's a 50-50 chance or somewhere around there, considering that the Flames probably should be a bottom-feeding team with how they play. It feels like it. Yeah, it yeah. definitely feels like it. God, what a what a weird month of March so far, right? I mean, yeah. you know, once... Once we kind of started to get a little bit of momentum or groove after beating Dallas and and uh, Minnesota, the you know the next three games was just such a shit show. Yeah, and uh, you know we lost to Anaheim and we lost to uh, Arizona, and even though we won against Ottawa, which we haven't done in what seems like forever, I don't really count that like. Ottawa was on such a weird road trip and they were, they were on a back-to-back and yeah. they don't have their starting goaltender and not, not that that usually matters against the Flames. It just seemed like that was a scheduled win for the Flames. Yeah. Um, not that they usually win those, but, you know, it, it no. just seems like um, it doesn't seem like a victory. You know, I mean, like obviously it, two points in the standings but it, it just doesn't seem like beating Ottawa that game is that much of a victory no and when you sprinkle it in between you know the the Anaheim and the uh the Arizona games it just it's just a, a game right we yeah we we exploited some questionable goaltending um and got a couple of lucky bounces right yeah that's that's pretty much all that amounted to yeah. it was wasn't something that I was like Oh yeah, here we go. Now we're in the mix, right? Like it certainly yeah. wasn't that. And even if you look back to that one nothing shootout win in Minnesota, mm-hmm. a lot of people were really excited about that game because Markstrom was back. And and yes, I agree, like Markstrom's been very good lately, mm-hmm. but you didn't score a goal. Yeah, we didn't score a goal, but I mean, at, at the end of the day, though, I was more excited about the game itself. The pace was phenomenal. Like, it, it was a good game. It was exciting to watch, even though we didn't, you know, there was no goals. Yeah. So I I was excited about the game, just not necessarily thinking that, that the Flames are, are building into something. But at least, I, as far as I was concerned, it was one of the best games they've played for at least half the season. Like as far yeah. as pace and and moving the puck and 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 even defending, right? Like it was it was a really good game um, from from both teams. You know, Minnesota looked really good, Calgary looked really good. It was just a an, an all out good game. It yeah, was, it was fun to watch. Yeah, and I think I can't remember which one it was, but uh, yeah, because the one goal in. Um, Anaheim was a power play goal. Mm-hmm. 
And then, so before Ottawa, we hadn't scored at five on five in like a game and a half or two, two full games. It had been two full games since we scored five on five. Yeah. Not since Dallas. And that's, that's pretty scary, honestly. Well, yeah. Um, And, and not to mention even before that, right. You know, you know, we scored five on five in Dallas, but two nights before that we got shut out by, by Minnesota. So it's like, we're not, I mean, we're certainly not consistent. Yeah. And, and the only goal against Toronto was shorthanded. So we hadn't scored five on five in, in those two games. And in, in Dallas, I'm just looking it up now. Uh, yeah, th- those were those were five on five goals. Um, all of them actually. Mm-hmm. So besides Dallas, we haven't scored five on five in uh, you know in in four games there before uh, before Ottawa. Mm-hmm. So that that was a worrisome trend. So I guess I guess scoring five goals against Ottawa was good, even though you know you damn well should have. And you know, three of them were five on five, so that was a good trend. Um, but yeah, taking three points out of a possible six against you know Anaheim, Arizona, and Ottawa is unacceptable for a team that's supposed to be good, in my well, opinion. Not that Ottawa is a bad team. Because they're not, but yeah, well, it's just completely unacceptable for a team that's supposed to be playing for their playoff lives. Yeah, right. Like you, you're not, you're not making playoffs with that, right? No, absolutely not. Like, like so far, you know, this month, right? Like, what do we got? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven games. So that's fourteen points. We've got seven points. Yeah, it's five. You know, something that's that's kind of blowing my mind too is like, finally, we have. You know, two of those, you know, keys to success that that everybody have been talking about for the last couple months. Finally, we have Markstrom going and Huberto going, and we're losing in overtime to Arizona in a game that honestly we didn't deserve to be there in the first place. No, we were flat. Like, yeah, you know, and that's another thing, right? You, you. You have a home game on on Sunday against against Ottawa, where you know effectively on the scoreboard you blow them out of the water, and then you come out two days later in Arizona, completely flat and disinterested in playing hockey. <clears throat> there is zero emotion, zero urgency. Yeah. It was just, it was gross. It really was gross. Like halfway through the first, I was like, oh, yeah. I mean, I felt the loss. Yeah, you know, before the first was even over. Even when we were, like, even when we were, you know, coming back and and you know tying it up, even after Dewar, who made a nice little move there and, and scored to to tie it up, scored. I was still like, uh, it just it just didn't feel like we were gonna win the game. No. You know what I mean? Like, not once in that. Even after Backlund scored the first goal of the game, it still didn't feel like it was going to be a win. Right. Um, 
and that's you know call me negative all you want but it just as a spectator you can kind of feel what the game looks like by watching and by paying attention and it just didn't feel like a win no it didn't and even you know we we got lucky i mean i'll say lucky i mean yes there was contact on that on the disallowed goal um but when you look at the play like markstrom was was sliding a you know, away from the crease. He wasn't yeah. going to make that save anyways, in my opinion. On the disallowed goal, I that that one's hard to, to decipher for me because, yeah, he was sliding away from it, but it kind of looked like it was a it was kind of heading towards his glove before the guy basically ran into his glove um, and knocked it away. But it could have gone in anyways. Yeah. You can't really, it's, it's hard for, to tell, honestly. Um, it was a hundred percent goalie interference, but yeah. I don't know if it was um, one of those, you know, he would have made the save or, you know. Yeah. That's hard to, that's hard to, to judge. Right. Yeah. But can you believe it? Two times in, in the, in the month of March, we've had uh, the, the Toronto war room, Calls, calls in our favor what yeah unbelievable um, somebody somebody probably got fired over that i'm not i don't subscribe to the to the notion that the war room is against calgary or that the war room is against canadian teams or or anything like that i i think they just have no idea what's going on in general right oh yeah no they're bad yeah, all the way across. All the, all I the don't way think they're the making decisions like we're going to cost Calgary this game. I feel yeah. like they're trying to make the right decisions. They just have no fucking idea what they're doing. Well, it, it would be easier if they would actually define what the calls are and should be. Like, like goaltender interference is just such a loose term. It can and mean. Kick- Anything. kicking motion distinct oh, kicking motion and yeah there, there's all sorts of things that they um that they review that you just don't even like i remember there was one i can't even remember who it was against but yeah. it was mangiapani this year that scored and it went off his skate and all of us oh. in our group chat were talking and we were like oh there's no way that's a goal yeah. like he legitimately kicked it into the net like he thrust his skate forwards and kicked it into the net and they allowed it and then the war room you know said it was a goal and then we're all thinking back to that coleman thing in the in in the playoffs last year that they owed us right well yeah well i know i know i'm only i'm only kidding no i I know like the like the the one against edmonton in in the playoffs last year, I will I will die on that hill. Like yeah, like how how a person could possibly kick a puck while on one skate is baffling to me. I had Edmonton fans talking to me saying like that should that, that should have counted. Yeah, you know like yeah. I mean it it had no bearing on the series. No, I but, I don't think it would but, have like won us or or, yeah. or like even really shifted momentum that much. It it just. No. But it was just, it was ridiculous. And the fact that, you know, you had Sutter and Coleman and 
then when the Edmonton players were asked about it, they just kind of like, you know, laughed about it because they knew it was fucking bullshit too. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 The situation room just, yeah, they, they don't know. They just, and yeah. like I said, no, nobody knows because you know, this stuff isn't actually truly defined. Yeah. And Coleman straight up said, like, I, I guess I don't know where the kick is. Mm-hmm. Or, I don't know what the rule is. Right. Like, yeah. even though he's, you know, one, two Stanley Cups in the last couple years. And yeah, a veteran in the league that doesn't know the rules, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, which but yeah. Say hello to you, right? Yeah. Um so, go ahead. What was your greatest frustration with the game against uh Arizona in Arizona? Oh man, there was so many frustrations. Um, my greatest one. Yeah. That's tough. I, I feel like you've got something you want to say, so I'll, I'll think about it while you say what you're going to say. I, uh, and we, we've been we've been doing it for a large chunk of the season, and and I, and I see it time and time again. But we did it repeatedly. Um, I guess last night or on. Uh, Tuesday night against Arizona in in a in a dangerous situation where we have the puck and and potentially the other team's coming after us and we're gonna lose the puck. They're they're passing the puck a foot away to a player that's not expecting a pass. The or, short support passes. Yeah. When 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 they're passing it to somebody that's actually stationary, that will never ever work. Ever. So you know what's funny, and the reason I liked it back, because that was one thing I really liked about Hartley's system, was that it was all sh- short support passes like that, but they were always moving. Yeah, right. Bang yeah. bang plays are good. Yeah. Well, when you're just shuffling it a foot or two to a guy that's not expecting the puck and it isn't moving his feet yet. Yeah. Like you, a you're just setting him up to be annihilated with a hit. Or he's just going to cough the puck up immediately, which they did repeatedly against Anna or uh, sorry, against Arizona. Yeah. Yeah. I I think my greatest frustration is that um, I, it's, it didn't seem like there was any engagement from, I want to say three quarters of the team. Like I, I thought Huberto was engaged honestly mm-hmm. um i thought dubey was engaged i thought stetcher was engaged stetcher had a really good game i was yeah. really happy with his game yeah doer was engaged um one thing that really frustrated me i know it was only like two shifts but what the, the lucic thing where and i'm usually not a guy who shits on lucic because i know what his um what his role is yeah. but you to send a message to Peltier for whatever Peltier may have done wrong, which I don't know what it was, but yeah, they... I was trying to figure out what he did too. And I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out. Yeah. So Sutter threw Lucic on the first line for a couple shifts and it just. Yeah. It killed any momentum. The team even more flat than it already was. Yeah. And yeah, if you're, if you're going to switch it up like that for, to, I guess, make an example out of one of your players. Put do, put doer up there or something. Ex- like. Exactly. Put somebody yeah. that's that's 
that's battling hard and, and is showing life in that position. Yeah. Right. You know, if you want to, if you want to make a statement, I get it. it. You know, it is what it is, but yeah, to put, to put Luch there. Cause I mean, he was, he's had a really bad two or three games. Yeah. He hasn't looked good. Like honestly, and again, I'm, I'm not a Lucci hater. Like I've defended him lots, but mm-hmm. he hasn't looked good for more than 10 games out of 60 whatever we're at yeah you know what i mean like i i think he looked all right to start the season and then he looked pretty good for like five or six games after his his scratch yeah after being after being sat for was it two three games there when he came back like he he was skating with a purpose again and 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 looked engaged yeah, but that has fizzled out. Um, I mean, he's losing the puck every time now. He's not winning puck battles in the corner. Like you can't hang on to the puck. His passing is atrocious. You know, other than the fact, you know, he you know he set up Dewar for the for the goal. Um, Dewar did that all by himself. Truly, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the pass that he gave him was in the in the neutral zone, right? Yeah. So, but yeah, no, you, you you're right. I mean. If you're gonna send the message, send the message. But they Sutter fucked that up. Like he he sent the wrong player in in that position, in my opinion. And he sent a message to the wrong player. Yeah. Like I don't think anybody saw what Peltier was doing wrong. Maybe mm-hmm. I just didn't see it. I don't know what it, it it is. What what happened there? But. Like if you're going to send a message to a player, like honestly, Kadri has been fucking useless for like like ten games. Mm-hmm. He's he's had like one good game in his last ten. If you're gonna send a message, even if you put Lewis on the second line for a shift or two, that makes more sense. Yeah. Um. I was actually drawing up some lines. I I don't have it on me right now, but earlier I was drawing up some lines that I thought would be uh, a decent to blend up and just see if it creates a spark. And it had Kadri on on the fourth. Yeah. Um. And it's... again, it's to send a message. And if he has a jump, then you throw one back up. You know yeah. what I mean? Um. Yeah, exactly. You know, send him, send him down or knock him down a peg or two. And if he wants to prove a, that he deserves his, his seven mil contract and want, and wants to be part of the top six again, then great. Prove it. But right Mm -hmm. now, like he looks like shit. Like, I I think I messaged you last night when in, uh, with that game, like in one shift, he ran into Huberto Huberto twice. Yeah. Like in, in a matter of seconds. Like holy yeah. fuck, man! Like, like you guys are different positions. You're not in the right spot to start with. I mean, given given he's a centerman and he is more allowed to go wherever, but wherever isn't on top of your yeah. other player who's carrying the puck currently. Yeah, and it's yeah. not like Huberdo was out of position or no, or, and, and, or and he wasn't floating. wasn't exactly, and he wasn't you know. You know, doing figure eights and and anything fancy. He was just literally trying to get out of the zone. Yeah, and I mean, 
you know, you have friendly fire things happen every once in a while. But I think everybody kind of saw that that specific is there was one really egregious one. Um, I think it was the first one of the two. But everybody kind of saw like what is cat like he he wasn't even trying to do anything. It's like he was trying to take the puck away from Huberto when the puck was yeah. on a stick and then he missed so he ran into him. Yeah. Like it's it's like Yeah, it what was is it going was bizarre. Fucking head? Yeah. Yeah, it was bizarre. I mean it like like let's be honest. Like what is Kadri what was Kadri known for in, in Toronto? Being selfish and doing stupid shit. Yeah. And whine, whining a lot. Yeah. And I, mean, I thought I thought at the beginning of the season, I know I I said it on the podcast. The last couple years of his career, he's really stepped up and not been that player anymore. He's still pesky. He's still in people's faces, but I thought he hadn't been like, and he's reverted back to his ways that made everybody fucking hate him for the first eight years or whatever of his career. Well, yeah. And he's, and he's not even pesky anymore. I mean, he's not in anybody's face. He, no. he just whines. Oh, he's in the ref's oh, face. Yeah, he falls over and whines all yeah. the fucking time. And I'm tired of it. Me too. Like, I, I I, would much rather him eating popcorn in the press box while the Flames are playing games. He, he is a liability. He's become my least favorite player on the team. Yeah, which and is a it's not order, even which It's is not order. even really close. And that's saying a lot, considering how much time personally I've spent crapping on on um, Mangiapane and Zadarov over the last two years, mm-hmm. three years for Mangiapane. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, is he does a lot of the things that Mangiapane does, as far as getting the puck and skating it into no man's land and getting knocked over easily. Yeah. But he, but Mangiapane gets back up and tries to get it back, whereas Kadri gets up and bitches to the refs about the contact that he himself initiated. Yeah, and he makes more money than Mangiapane. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and plays yeah. higher in the lineup. Plays higher in the lineup. I mean, they they were line mates at the beginning of the season. the The line was doing well. Uh, really well, you know, despite of Mangiapani at the time. Um, uh, Dubé and him, I thought, had pretty good chemistry for the first three weeks or whatever it was, four weeks of the of the season before before the blender happened. And and now and now Sutter is just it's like he's doing it on purpose because he knows that that Huberto and Kadri are not a good pair. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm, he has to know. He's not a stupid man. He knows what he's doing. And it's blatantly obvious. He gets asked by media, yeah. like, this is not working. Why are you doing it? And I think like, that's why. It's because and, he's being asked by media. Yeah. And he's stubborn. And right? That's um like it's 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 as egregious as as Glenn Gullipson with TJ Brody and and Hamannick. Yeah. Right? Like he rode that train to death. And then he finally split them up, and boom! Both both players are are flourishing again. Mm-hmm. Right? But he did and the that thing is, months. is like, has 
has Shiverdo showed chemistry with anyone else on the team? Not really. So no. I kind of get that, but he hasn't shown chemistry with Kadri either. Whereas Kadri has in the past shown chemistry with uh, Manjupani and Dubé. Mm-hmm. Fucking throw that line back together. Yeah, make it the third line. Try and put your your best, in theory, your best playmaker with your top two snipers. Just try it. Yeah. Exactly. Don't make them fucking chase after the puck in the offensive zone. Let them make plays. Just try it. Well, yeah, that's it, what you did with Gaudreau and Kachuk last year, and they fucking scored forty each. When you when you Fuck. when you when you remove the player from the top line, you know because things weren't going well after the first three weeks or whatever it was, four weeks. But the rest for, of the the rest of the team was gelling at that point. That's right. But it, the thing that that gets me is is. You know, Huberto was trying to learn a 100% different system than what he's ever played in his entire career. Yeah. So there's going to be an adjustment period. Yeah. Yeah. And and now that he's he seems to be picking it up and he's and he's he's got some mojo and he's you know he's starting to move the puck better. Um, you know, and he's not doing as many stupid passes. <laughs> They're still there, but. Yeah. But yeah, I, he's I not think, doing the spin pass much anymore. No, thankfully. But I yeah. think now is the time. Now that he's starting to show that he gets it, now is the time to put him back on that top line with a couple of guys that can shoot the puck. I agree. And Toffoli has confidence, but Lindholm doesn't have much offensive confidence. Mm-hmm. Give him somebody that can get him the puck. Well, look at and, how many look at how many players they've they've had to be with Toffoli and and, and Lindholm on the top line. Like Dubé. They've had Dubé. They've had Ruz. They've had Huberdo. Yeah. They've, they've had. Um, I forgot about Ruziska, but you're, you're right there. They've had uh, Lucic for a couple times. No, Luch was on the second. No, but like last game, he was on oh, the last first game. For yeah. A couple shifts. But yeah. <laughs> you know, and, 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 and they're, they keep putting players that really aren't true playmakers. They're, they're muckers, right? I think Ruziska. I mean, yes, he is a mucker, and he should be, but I think he's got a lot more playmaking than we give him, or maybe most people give him credit for. I, uh, I would because, say he has because more... he's so lazy when he's not on the yeah. top line. That's true. Yeah, that's true. I think he has more playmaking ability than Dubé does. I think I think Dubé is is more of a scorer than a playmaker. Right? Yeah. Um, you know, not. Not to take anything away from Dubé, I just I just don't think that's really his thing. I mean, he puts in a lot of fucking effort in the corner to get the puck out and things like that, and and I respect him for it and I appreciate it when he does it. Um, at least he's he keeps on his feet for the most part. You know, that's better than when he started uh, in the NHL, right? I remember his first couple of games that he was getting his ass handed to him. Oh yeah, absolutely, and he still does sometimes, but he still he's does a lot better than he was. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I I agree. I I think we need to get Huberdeau back on on the line with with uh, Tapoli and Lindholm, and then I think you put Pelts with Coleman and Backlund. I mean, I I am so impressed with with Pelts's ability to get back in the play. I think he does Mangiapane better than Mangiapane does Mangiapane. Oh yeah, 
Yeah, he's got a lot of grit for his size, and and, yeah. and he's tenacious as fuck. Like he does not Couldn't give agree up. More. And 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 his ability to get back and and defend um, when there's no, you know, whether there's a defender there or not, like he just he does not give up on the puck. He's he's like a rabid dog. And I don't see him fall over as much as I see Manjupani fall over. He no. still does sometimes, but he he's better on his on his edges. I yeah. find so he's. He's only getting knocked over when somebody's helping him get knocked over instead of Manjupani who just falls over randomly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like a fainting goat. Um, one thing I did want to say, though, because one thing I've liked, even though Kadri's kind of uh, ruined a lot of it, but the last couple games with Huberto playing with Dubé, hmm. how you were saying Dubé gets into the corners... I like that because Huberto is not doing that. As much as I like all the players doing that, I, mm-hmm. I prefer Huberto being open for a pass. Right. And then setting somebody else up or open for a pass so he can shoot even. I like him having him with a strong four checker like Dubé who can get him the puck and then everybody's in the corner so Huber though has a little bit of time to play with it yeah um yeah that's and, and that's the one thing that that uh to fall I mean to Foley's okay at it but to Foley and Lindholm would both much rather not have to work in the I mean they they will but they'd mm-hmm. rather not you know what I mean yeah it's it's kind of a shame because when when I see Lindholm in there he's good at it mm-hmm. but he doesn't do it often I I do I do wish he would get in get mixing get mixing in the corner a lot more and and you know because he, he's a strong skater he's a strong guy yeah and so there's no reason why he can't be the guy in the corner feeding the feeding the puck out to Huberdeau and then get in a position in front of the net after that yeah um, you know he's he's a strong player in, in front of the net and he and he's he's got that that extremely fast release on 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 uh, on the puck like he's yeah, I I really think that if we haven't hadn't been spending the last fucking forty games or whatever it is with Huberto and Kadri together, I mm-hmm. like if if Huberto was playing with either Lindholm and Toffoli or one of them, we'd have somebody with thirty five or more goals, mm-hmm. maybe even two guys with thirty five ish goals. <clears throat> Yeah, but uh, really, we have nobody close. Like we, our highest goal scorer is twenty six with uh, who's Toffoli, right? With Which Toffoli, is yeah. kind of hard yeah. to to fathom, actually, because <laughs> well, especially coming worse. off the season that we that we had, right? Yeah, like Clayton yeah. Keller has thirty one. Yeah. Was it thirty one that shorthanded? I think he he got either to thirty one or thirty two last night. I can't remember. Um, oh yeah, yeah. The I remember seeing thirty one was the number when he scored one of his goals. I can't remember which one it was. Yeah, yeah. It was the it was the second one. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending. Determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. 
Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hands with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Opt in and place the same-game parlay on any NBA game, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. Download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code THPN. Minimum age, some restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. So then who do you put on? Who do, Who's your third line? Then you got Dubé, Kadri, and Majapani. Um, <laughs> actually, oh, no. I was being no. a smart ass earlier when I was, when I was posting it, but I, I had, uh, Zary in there because I was being a smart ass, but yeah, that's, that's not right. that that's not realistic. Um my my uh so my second line would be Peltier, Coleman, and Backland. And then I think I think the Dubé yeah, the, the Majupani Dubé Kadri line works and it works. And again, I think it's more Kadri and Dubé work together, mm-hmm. same as the way Backlund and Coleman work together. I think Mangiapane's just a guy who's there and doesn't really... His fancy stats are good because he plays with the best possession players on the team, not because he's actually good at it. Yeah. But <laughs> um, I think what? if you throw the, that line together and kind of even out the ice time between the the middle six, I think that that could work very well. I I would almost um, even take a chance at bringing um, Dewar up to the third, and and have Dubé center the line, and Kadri on the fourth. Yeah, I I honestly think a message needs to be sent to him. I think in the short term. I agree with you. Yeah, I'm not saying like a permanent thing, but I think for the yeah, for yeah. for you know, two, three, four, four games, five games, if you know, I mean, yeah, hell, seven games, game. yeah, seven games if he's not showing any sort of improvement. Yep. Like, like he needs to figure his shit out, and and he's clearly not going to do it on his own. He needs yeah, to. No, be, I I can definitely get on board with that. Yeah. Like embarrass him a little bit, put him on the floor. Even if it's just for two periods, or even if it's one period, if if he starts showing mm-hmm. the yeah. player he can be, that's right. And when he comes to the bench, then you say that's how you fucking play, and that's when you'll go up a a, a notch or or a line. Exactly, and I think both you and I, I I'm not going to speak for you because you and I actually haven't really talked about it, but I th- I know that Nazem Kadri can be a good player. I know that he can be, I'm not going to say elite because he he's never been that, but he can be a good second line player. Mm-hmm. But we haven't really seen it for more than maybe a half dozen games this year. And 
if he shows what he's capable of when he's sent a message, then move him back up. That's right. Yeah, he's a veteran. So if if he takes it as as an insult and sulks, then then you see what you have in the guy. Yeah. Like honestly. And unfortunately you can't do anything about it. True. Other than scratch him or fucking is it a no move or is it a no trade? It's I think a, it's a no trade. I think it's a no move. He, uh, Brad was just handing him out like candy. You know, yeah. He, uh, he, he panicked, I think would be a. <laughs> and like, if, if he was handing out no moves to like Lindholm and Anderson or something like that, that would be one thing, but. Even Huberto, I'm not really upset about that as much. But uh, I, I think because he's a bona fide superstar that's that's having a bad year. In my you know, opinion, yeah, like I'm not, yeah. I I honestly think there needs to be an extremely special circumstance in which a player gets a full no move contract. And I don't, I don't think there's. I, there might be three players in the league that I would say could have that. I I think they hand him out way too much. The no trades, the modified no trades, fine. But full no move. Like if you are shitting the bed and are not producing and playing like a bag of shit and can't be sent to the minors, I'm sorry. Like that's who's horseshit. who are the three players? Just out of curiosity, I, I'll be. I don't even think there is any for full no move. Like it, all it does, like does it protect the player? It doesn't protect the team. I don't know. It, it doesn't protect. The team I don't think it protects the player either. Right? It gives them the ability to kibosh anything, I guess. But I mean, it it serves no purpose in in my opinion. It gives all. them the ability to act like James Neal, sure, or Nazem Kadri. Yeah, right. Like you. That's a scary comparison, but not really all that off yeah i mean he's produced more than than neil did for calgary but but it's just yeah i i hate no moves they just just it ha- completely handcuffs the team i agree and and the fact that brad has handed out like seven of them in the last year and a half like holy shit fucking knocking off i agree yeah. you know, um yeah so but- one thing i want to <laughs> One thing I want to talk about real quick too. Um, and like, it's going to sound like I'm, you know, on the Huberto train more than everybody else, probably because I am, but uh, his hand eye the last couple games that he's got two deflection goals in the last couple games. And that one in Ottawa, oh man, that was beautiful. That was nice. And the fact that he like didn't get his stick blade above his shoulders, yeah. While while doing it, I, for anyone that didn't see, he there was kind of like almost a flip pass that happened. I can't remember who who passed it to it was, him. It was Kadri. Was it Kadri? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so there was a flip pass from Kadri, and um, Schubert, though it was it must have been three feet in the air or something like that, mm-hmm. and he just kind of like. He didn't even really like swat it. He kind of like 
flicked yeah, upwards just... with his stick and it kind of just hopped over the goalie and went in. Yeah. And it was it was beautiful. And then the next game he just was right place, right time. Um yeah, I think that Stetcher, one was more the puck took a shot. Yeah. Yeah. Stetcher took a shot and he it, it just kind of hit his stick and went in. Mm. Um but either way it's it it shows to me that he's getting more confidence. And honestly, I personally think this season is is done for. But yeah, I agree. And in, in the last in the last show, I I said that I thought that we could, um, um, make you know make the playoffs. After the three games that have happened since then, there's not a not a chance. Yeah, I don't think so either. Like, like, like Winnipeg would have to essentially, you know, not win. <laughs> yeah, they, they'd have to they'd have to play like four hundred hockey from here on out for us to even have a chance. And Nashville, who's I believe above us in the standings and has two or three games in hand. Three, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But so I, yeah. my 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 point is is if um, specifically Huberto and Markstrom go in to next season with the confidence of how they've been playing the last five games, if they continue that for the rest of the year, mm-hmm. and then they go into next season with that confidence, then the team's going to be all right next season. Mm-hmm. Not not that it's a two-player team, because it's not. No, but, but yeah, we all know but how when important you're, When you're two best and... players, mm-hmm. you know. They have to be your two best players, right? Yeah. For at least eighty percent of the season, yeah, yeah, I I agree. You know, and that's why I really think that we need to get Huberto on 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 the top line. You know, we're next get year Lindholm we'll, going, get Lindholm going. You know, why not? You know, you'd be a nego- uh, contract contract year, so why not get him going so Brad can fucking overpay for him too? Do you think Toffoli is? I think Lindholm's going to sign a sign an extension before uh, before next I season hope so. starts. And, and um, I, but in order for that to even work, we're going to have to trade away a couple of players, right? Which leads me to my next question: Is Toffoli a flame next year? Fuck, I'm gonna. I'll, I'll say no. It's unfortunate. Like we, right? You know, it'd as, be nice as, to keep him, but oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, you know, last year when he first came in, like he was slow and 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 it it, it was problematic as far as I was concerned. Yeah. This, this year, he has shown to me that he is, he still got it right. What scares me is, let me just double check, but I believe he's on pace for a career year, or at yeah. least very close to it. He is. Yeah. Um, let's see his points. His highest was fifty-eight, and he's got fifty-six already. Yeah. Um, goals. His highest was twenty-eight, and he's got twenty-six already. So he's almost—I want to say—almost for sure gonna have a contract or a, a career year. And uh, we've already paid enough fucking players who are thirty and above, or around thirty. Uh, for contract years, and I, I said this before the deadline because I wanted them to trade them before the deadline. 
not because I dislike Tyler Toffoli, but because asset management is important. Mm-hmm. I would, I think it would be a mistake not to trade him, especially if he's on a on a on a career year. You can cash in on that. You can get some assets, and you can save the money you need to extend Lindholm, who's got more time to be a big part of the team's future. Yep, and extend. Dubé, who, I mean, I don't think he has the upside to Foley has as far as scoring, but I think he's the type of guy who can probably be in the middle six for the the Flames for you know four mil for several years to come, mm-hmm. um, and I think it would just be a mistake to keep to Foley around. Um, yeah, I do, I do too. The uh... The thing that that really gets me, like, like for uh, you know signing any any additional contracts this year or 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 this summer, if you will, is the fact that starting next year without Shillington being part of the mix, we're already at eighty and a half million, right? With only eighteen uh, eighteen players. Well, Brian Pike threw something up there. That if we have everybody, just everybody who signed, not even the guys who are pending free agents next year, we're at eighty three. Yeah, that's what that's what I'm saying with with um, um, Shillington with his two point five, right? Yeah, that's, that's okay. Okay, yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. And they're expecting the cap to be at eighty three or eighty three and a half. Yeah, I think it's supposed to go up one. one so one million, 83, yeah. 83 and a half. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and, and we still need five players. Five players. Yeah. So you need to shed, I want to say, five ish million dollars just to be able to sign enough players to be able to roster an AHL and an NHL squad. Mm hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, thankfully the the AHL doesn't um, doesn't affect the NHL cap. No, but you still need. Yeah, you still need the players. The players, and if we're taking players from the AHL, you need to sign players to put in the AHL. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, no, hundred yeah. percent. So, so the only the only player that's that's going to be a UFA as far as the the main roster is sorry. An RFA uh, who needs a contract for next year is Walker Dewar. Um, obviously, I think that needs to happen. A hundred percent. Is is Dewar next year? Yeah, his contract's up oh, at the fuck. end of this year. And then, and then in the in the minors, like nobody really that that's worrisome. No, in in, in my opinion, thankfully, you know. So. It's 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 looking bleak as far as the contracts go. Um, I don't know who's going to be signing those contracts because I I truly don't think that Brad's going to be back. Do you not think, or do you not want, or both? Both. Yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat. Um, not that I think Brad makes all the decisions. I think that he 
we've talked about this lots, but mm-hmm. I think that that Brad has he he has say in what he brings to the owners, but the owners have the final say. Yeah. My problem is I don't think Brad has brought the right things to the owners. I I was going to say that um, it's it's pretty common practice that the person signing the actual checks makes those decisions. Yeah. Um, but but I don't think that Brad's exactly. I don't think he's bringing the right players or the right situations to the, to the table at all. Yeah, because. The ideas aren't coming from Murray Edwards, but the final say is coming from Murray Edwards. Yeah. In, in my opinion. Yeah. And has been reported. Um but yeah. I I I would be surprised if Brad came back. Um actually no, I wouldn't even be surprised. I don't think it's gonna happen, but I wouldn't be surprised if it does. Mm-hmm. Because Edwards does have his yes man. Um, and a lot of people love tree living. A lot of people do. Yeah, I mean, I call those people fair weather fans, right? They're just no, I'm kidding. Um, those are the people that are that are happy and complacent. That was a bit of a, a inside joke from some ridiculous shit that was said earlier today yeah R- richard if you're watching i got i got your back buddy yeah that was such a <laughs> actually yeah. let's let's just let's just throw this out there real quick what is the definition of a fair weather fan chris definition of a fair weather fan is somebody yeah. that turns the tv off midway through the season because your team sucks shit and then you don't uh then you don't continue to cheer for that team and or you jump on the bandwagon of another team just because they happen to be hot. And, you know, you may come back next year if that if that first team's playing well again, you know, when the weather is better. Better weather, better yeah. fans. Now, so is that to say that if somebody has a giant rant, a giant negative rant about the team that they've watched all season and will continue to watch all season and all next year and all the year after and all the year after and all the year after. That person is not a fair weather fan, right? That person is just a passionate person who sees things for what they are. Passionate person and not happy with, with uh, mediocre play. Just wanted to make sure. Wanting better for your team. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't understand what a fair weather fan is, so I figured we'd just get that out there. Yeah, so if you're because one of those people, of, knock it off and quit calling lot, people that. Yeah, a, a lot of us, you've been called a fair weather fan. I've been called a fair weather fan. <laughs> yeah. Here we are making a fucking podcast about a team that sucks ass. So right. apparently we're fair weather fans because we've switched the channel and we haven't watched or something. I, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a game that I haven't watched in the last decade. Um, any game I haven't watched in the last decade, I've listened to on the radio. True. So true. And that's yeah. just because I haven't been near a TV. Yeah. And in, in fact, I I on occasion have gotten in shit from my wife for being out in a say a social event or being out for whatever reason, and I'm watching it on my phone, you know, under the table, things like that. Um, I've been shit on by 
previous bosses because I would bring my speaker in to work when I worked in kitchens and mm. bore everybody else in the kitchen with, <laughs> with the hockey game that was going on in 2017 when we sucked. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, those are hard years, man. Those are hard years. Yeah. But, uh, but, but you know what? You still, you still cheered it on and you still sure raised your hand for every goal and, and got excited for, for wins and, and, and all that fun stuff. It's sure being, being a fan. It's a, it's a fickle thing, right? There's, sure there's all sorts of kinds of fans out there. There's ones that are just happy that the team exists. And you know what? There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. No, there's nothing if, wrong if, with if that's your being thing. blindly optimistic. That's, that's totally fine. Just don't, fucking shit on people for for being realistic yeah that's all being realistic and just plain wanting more and better for your team yeah seems easy because i don't i don't i don't ever pull on cheer for nameplates on the back like i i cheer for the logo this logo right here yeah Hmm. me too Players, players come and go don't get i can't tell from looking at that room that you're sitting in that you cheer for a logo at all yeah, yeah, it's, it's funny. I don't have any name bars in here. I know there's a couple underneath. I think there's a Fanuf and a Giordano. There's definitely a Fanuf up there. You know? Is that? There's definitely a Fanuf up there. I've yeah. got it. I mean, I've got my my Stefan Yell right. <laughs> right. I'll bet. I... I'll bet like eighty percent of the people who are listening to this have no idea who that is. Well, <laughs> then they should they should hop on on YouTube and and uh, watch a few of his beauty plays um before we sign off here yeah let's do predictions for the next i guess we probably won't do another episode until after the ducks game would be my guess i don't know for sure but let's do some predictions for the next four games because there's it's a pretty busy week coming up yeah so a weird schedule too right like we're on on thursday we got vegas in vegas um, and I want to I want to give uh, credit and kudos to the Vegas organization uh, for stepping up with their 50 uh, 50 to uh, donate the proceeds of, of, of their end of the 50 50 to ALS research in uh, yeah. in honor of uh, Chris Snow from the from the place. Yeah, cheers to that, because that's uh, that's really good. Yeah. Of them. It's, a, it's a classy um, move. I know. And I agree that they treat their players like absolute fucking shit for the most part. Mm-hmm. And they have a bad reputation for that and for flipping players when they shouldn't be flipping players and mm-hmm. um, all that type of stuff. But as an organization, when it comes to the community of Las Vegas, second to none. Yep. Yeah. Good on you guys. Well yep. done. That being said, do we finally get our first win in Vegas? Um, are we in Vegas? Uh, yeah, we are in Vegas. Okay, and then a week later, we're we're in Calgary against Vegas. So, overtime loss. Wow. Okay. Because that's that's Calgary's mo. What do you think? I I think it's going to be a three two overtime loss. It's going to be gonna... Eichel just to piss you off. Yeah, it'll be. I think it'll be four two. 
For them? Yeah, for, for Vegas with an empty net. Fair enough. So, yeah. So, we go from Vegas to a quick one-game homestand. <laughs> Got Dallas, Dallas on Saturday. So, we play really fucking good against Dallas. Yeah, they're good games. They're, they're really good games, and they always have, you know, obviously – Ottinger and, and Markstrom generally step up for those games. Yeah. Um <laughs> three three one win. Three one win? Uh yeah, three one win. I think Markstrom's gonna shut the door. I think I think uh you know a, a Markstrom Ottinger battle uh, is gonna come back and I think uh I do believe we're gonna get the win as well, but I think it's gonna be a two to one. Yeah, I'm gonna write these down just so we can uh laugh at ourselves later. Laugh at ourselves later. Yeah. So Vegas, you said what? Uh four two. Vegas. And uh just so you know, you're you're missing uh what could have been a, a beauty fight against uh uh Flurry and uh Beddington in the uh, Minnesota St. Louis game. Oh they're not fighting though? No, the rest the linesmen would not let them get together. Oh, I hate it when they do that. Yeah. Um, and I know it's not a goalie thing, but I, I'm still fucking angry that uh after FNUF got traded, they didn't let Aginla and FNUF fight because that would have been fucking great. Mm-hmm. Um Okay, and I said uh three one win. Yeah. And you said what? Uh two one win. Okay, and what are we? Where are we? we got uh, Monday in LA. So you take this one first. So I think we're gonna. First of all, who's playing? Which which goalie? Because it's a back to back. No, as well it's the first of the back to back. So I think it'll be Markstrom. And plus, yeah. it's a game we need more. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think Markstrom will play against LA and. Uh, and Anaheim will will get uh, Vladar, but okay. um, I'm going to say four one Calgary. Okay, I am going to say. Fuck, they like one goal game, so I'm going four three Calgary. Okay, and okay. Anaheim. And then Anaheim the next night. So um, bottom feeding team. Um, <laughs> we haven't seen Vladar in a number of games. We really think alike, I think. I think, uh, well, yeah, yeah. It's gonna be a it's it's gonna be a four two game for Anaheim. I'm. Mm. Five. Nice. Five one loss. Five one. Damn. Damn. Who's getting our lone goal? Oh God. Um. Fucking. It's gonna be a pinball off of fucking Lucic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
No, I mean, realistically not. But yeah, I mean, I'm not even going to comment. Walker Dewar. Walker Dewar. Yeah, I give it that. I think I think it'll be Pelts. He's due for one or two. He is. Or or is that the game that that uh, uh, Mangiapani finally fucking scores? God, I mean, he's trying hard. He doesn't have a point in like eleven fucking games or something. I, I, I could yeah. be wrong on that, but that I thought I heard that yeah. on the broadcast the other day. I mean, he even tried to to tip in that that uh, that goal that uh, who was it? Was that? Overdose? Oh no, no, that, that was the, that the was uh, Backlands. That was Backlands. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he really, really wanted to dip that in the last half an inch over the line. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. I think that's all we've got for today, everybody. Um, make sure to give us your predictions for the games in the comment section down below. Uh, like and subscribe to our uh, YouTube channel and and our Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that type of stuff. And uh, check out the Hockey Podcast Network for uh, podcasts on any other team that yep. you might uh, you might want to get yep. some information about. Yeah, that's right. Share share with your friends if uh, you want to spread the word. Uh, if you're liking what you're hearing. If you're not liking what you're hearing, I don't care. Make give give us a comment. Not going to yeah. offend me. Let let us know in the comments if you don't like it too. That's right. Bring it on. Whatever, whatever you want. Anyways, thanks for watching another episode of the Armchair GM Podcast. Dylan go Flames, Chris. go! You go suck, flames. but I love you. Yes. Why? Why do you hurt me so much? <laughs>